welcome to another edition of Raw, Reflecting and Analyzing Wrestling, a podcast co-produced by Renegade Pop Culture and Clockshelves Entertainment, representing Clockshelves Entertainment. I am your voice of choice, the chaperone of shut-eye, the sultan of sleep, your peep <laughs> that puts you to sleep. It's Paul Casey, and I'm joined by the representative from Renegade Pop Culture, in the opposite corner, Neoplasmic. Go ahead and say hello to everyone once again. Hello, everybody. I am Neoplasmic, also known as Kyoto, and I am your renegade without any grenades. <laughs> uh, your brother from another mother, your unmacho macho man. <laughs> the man who does not ooze machismo, except, <laughs> except for when he does. <laughs> I uh, a yeah, we'll little little those. peek behind the microphone here. Um, as we're recording this, I recorded uh, an episode of my other show, uh, well, one of my other shows, uh, Paul and All, with mm-hmm. um, my very good friend James, who you know, uh, yes, of course, yes. from uh, the Buffyverse and Converse podcast. But yep. um, we, I, I did a Paul and All episode, and um, I, I gave, I shouted out some of those nicknames. Uh, for myself on that one for him and um he, i'm sure he loved it yeah he uh he got a good chuckle out of that for those unaware the uh the 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 quick version is that um over on buffyverse and converse james may or may not have uh, accidentally dozed off while we were uh, recording um, so I'm still trying to figure out whether to take that as a compliment or an insult. <laughs> My voice is uh, soothing enough to put people to sleep. So um, I mean, I've, it, I've it is a little bit chaper- of a compliment. <laughs> I've dubbed myself the chaperone of shut eye and, and so on and so forth. So, <laughs> um, There are but- worse things to be chaperones of. <laughs> Uh, but we are here today to discuss the like this episode for instance. February February first, nineteen ninety three episode of Monday Night Rob from the WWF uh, from the Manhattan Center, and um, we were talking about it very briefly before we uh, before we hit record, and oh my goodness, wow, was and especially in comparison to last week and as we know yeah. um joined by uh by our friend Kevin last week he yes. said this episode actually got a higher rating than the you know than last week's episode and of course that could vary and i believe we 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 talked about it uh it there it could very well be because people said wow there was a pay-per-view quality match loser leaves WWF Rick Flair Mr. Perfect, and then mm-hmm. this week we got Doink versus Typhoon. <laughs> <laughs> we got uh, Money Inc. doing a strange interview. We got Vince very McMahon interviewing interview. an interviewer in Todd Pettengill. <laughs> like, <laughs> yes, I know. Like, what was that about? I mean, <laughs> did they just have time to waste? Is that what that was? <laughs> Well, before we go into uh, the episode uh, yeah. pr- uh, proper, um, been doing a little segment here. PWPW, uh, mm. that's Pro Wrestling Parlance with Paul. And uh, I thought this week's uh, could be something as simple as Dirt Sheet. 
Now, um, okay. we kind of talked about it last week. I didn't use I didn't do that one last week, did I? No, no. Okay. Um, we did kind of talk about the uh, the dirt sheets last week a little bit in the sense of um, the you know I I referenced how I don't think my dad, who's been a wrestling fan his entire life, got into them. Um, I believe you know you and Kevin were talking about how um, and I'm talking pre uh, World Wide Web. You know, pre-internet era, yeah. yes. Um, yes. and basically the the concept, the pretty much most well-known version of a wrestling dirt sheet is the Wrestling Observer newsletter. Um, there are several others. A lot of uh, a lot of wrestling websites now could be considered dirt sheets, even though a lot of them have some legitimate news, mm-hmm. and they you know they get invited to the uh, the press events from mm-hmm. from WWE and AEW and and all that um Mm -hmm. but basically the concept is that you know someone or multiple people are allegedly uh leaking details of the behind the scenes things from wrestling now the original thought behind the wrestling observer newsletter by dave Meltzer, um who i'm sure uh folks have definitely heard that name um yes we may have even referenced it on this program before um but he uh Basically, it was a way for him to kind of uh, do like a compiled list of different wrestling shows across the country during the territory days in like the 70s and the 80s and whatnot. And it was, you know, this happened here and this happened here. And and there was a lot of tape trading going on and things like that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And um, he developed his uh, his star rating system, which a lot of people, not everyone, but a lot of people still hold in uh, very high esteem um yes and yes. you know so on and so forth and then people uh, as i said started uh to quote unquote leak information some of that uh confer you know some of that turned out to be real some of it turned out to not be real now not of course mm-hmm. yeah the those who you know those such as dave Meltzer would say <laughs> well it was just as simple as plans changed However, there are others who have been in the industry who say, no, that was never the plan. One example we kind of teased last week was uh, I said about who is the third man. And of course, as we know, at this point, it was uh, Kevin joined us and the entire thing behind the NWO was who is the third man. Yes. For months, if you read or go back and look at things from the Wrestling Observer, um, Dave Meltzer was claiming up and down and and right and left that it was either going to be mabel or the british bulldog and mabel yes now that would have definitely been a different turn yes yes it has been something wow. that's been regularly talked about especially on um eric bischoff's podcast i believe at some point they made a shirt out of it mabel is the third man um because that was what dave Meltzer insisted that uh, Mabel was going to be the third man. Um, obviously, wow. that ended up not being the case. Um, nope. And so that just goes to show, you know, and, and I feel like people over the years are now starting to realize how, uh, yes, there are things that Dave Meltzer and others are correct about, but it's it's definitely leaning more toward wrong than right. And I don't think you could just easily blame it on, well, plans have changed because there are other 
one might say, more reputable, more legitimate uh, journalists out there who are getting things right more than they're getting things wrong. Mm -hmm, So mm -hmm. what does that tell you about the relationship that could be that they have a better relationship with some folks behind the scenes of WWE and AEW, but, or, you know, and new Japan and all of that, but it's, it's all just a whole thing. But the original concept was that it was the dirt sheets where they tell you the behind the scenes sort of stuff, as opposed to bonus term this week, um, they often are referred to as the the Aptor mags, named after Bill Aptor, who uh, uh, photographed, I believe, uh, and, and published a lot of them, where a lot of the stuff was still inside the concept of kayfabe, meaning they didn't necessarily reference, uh, you know, if someone was out with an injury, whereas someone, yeah. again, I'll just use Meltzer as the thing, Meltzer might say, well, no, you know, so-and-so is actually off doing this project, you know, filming this movie or, you know, on TV, it's he's out with a leg injury when in reality it's a it's a, an elbow injury or what have you. But in the after mags, it was whatever was said on TV. That's the story they would go with. So mm-hmm. there's mm-hmm. the uh, that's this week's uh, pro wrestling parlance with Paul. <laughs> the parlance. Promotional consideration paid for by the following. To be the World Wrestling Federation champion, you gotta want it every day. It takes an integrated approach to training, and that is what IcoPro is all about. Yeah. All right. So I, should I, we... I hate to say, but unless we uh we uh zhuzh it up a little bit, I feel like that might be the most entertaining thing that I have to say this entire podcast. Because <laughs> <laughs> the rest of this episode Well, I will attempt was... <laughs> to uh, to, to let's say zhuzh it up a little. Uh, let's see. <laughs> so, so can, can we just, shall we just go into it here? Uh, we open with Damien Demento already in the ring as Tatanka yep. comes in. Damien Demento, worst haircut in the wrestling business? Possibly? <laughs> um, I don't know, because that's a long list. Okay, but anyway. You know what was weird about this episode? Just just from the outset, this episode was a little bit weird. Because, like, you know, you got Vince on commentary. He's welcoming everybody to Raw. And all of a sudden, you just hear, like, like it almost felt like an Attitude Era kind of a thing where just the music just started playing immediately. And... I, I felt like, you know, they had been sort of doing a little bit of a thing where they intro and they kind of, you know, build to the first match or they kind of do a little promoing where somebody does like some, you know, macho and, and you know, macho man comes in and banters with Vince or with Bartlett, if he has to. Speaking um, of, I'm sorry to interrupt you, but macho man is back on commentary this week. Last week, of course, right. we had Bobby Heenan sitting in because macho man had a match first thing. Yeah. Yep. This is true. This is true. I wish that Bobby Heenan was back in, but not taking Macho Man's place this time. <laughs> um, anyway, so oh, so Bartlett. we have Demento, we have Tatanka, and let me just first of all say that Damian Demento, who is from the outer reaches of your mind, is um <laughs> is is sitting there and he is talking to the air throughout this match. Um, just having a moment, just having a moment, having a, a little Demento moment. Um, demented, more like. Yes, exactly. Uh, you know what though? I was a little bit surprised. I'm gonna try to 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 be a little bit, you know, fair minded here, and I'm and I'm gonna say that that I was a little bit surprised 
that it was a competitive match between Demento and his opponent, Tatanka. Um, what you're hearing right now, folks, is the rare uh, neoplasmic face turn. <laughs> exactly, exactly. But he's um, trying to find he's trying to find the positive. I am trying to find the situation. positive here. <laughs> it was a, a surprisingly competitive match, though I must say. I mean, I'm I'm surprised by that. And Tatanka, of course, having his vaunted undefeated record at that time, vaunted by the Macho Man. Thank you, Macho. And. Bartlett has this line on commentary, which is one of the most groan-inducing lines I have ever heard because it is so obvious. When I was a kid, Vince, I used to have some of his trucks. Vince is silent for a second. A beat goes, passes by, and then he says, Tatanka trucks. That silence that you hear is exactly what Vince and Macho did. I, I love a good bad dad joke pun me sort too. of thing. Me too. But that <laughs> was a bridge too far, my friend. That <laughs> was so obvious. Tatanka yeah, okay. Trucks. Tatanka won. Tatanka won. Let's move on. <laughs> shall we? Shall we just move on? I feel like we shall. Tatanka trucks. <laughs> I feel like that's going to be like, I I think I might make that into like a recurring thing. Every time there's like you, you're getting like whatever. I might just go Tatanka trucks just to get like, to bring you back down to earth. You're just going to be like Tatanka trucks. And I'll just be like, God damn it. Rob Bartlett. Okay. Okay, Skipping ahead. I'm sorry. I need to, I need to ask you this just because, because of Bartlett skipping ahead with regards to Rob Bartlett in this episode. Yes, so yes, please. I've talked about the fact um, that <laughs> when I was a kid, um, I had uh, all the action. I, I, I think I've, I may have mentioned this in sort of our like pre uh, like our pilot sort of episode, but I know I've definitely talked about it on some of the other uh, clock shelves entertainment um, mm-hmm, stuff. Mm-hmm. I'm an only child. I grew up watching wrestling and I had the action figures and I had the rings and I had the the titantrons, the sets and, and, you know, the commentary, I even had like a Jim Ross and a Jerry, the King Lawler action figure that I would sit next to, to the ringside at the table. And, and I would do the different voices and all the, you know, all the things that you see the, the kids do in the commercials and all that. Of and course. I did all of that stuff. I, I made my own shows. My mother used to say when I was a kid, that she always asked me to to like record me doing this stuff. And I was always like, no, mom, I <laughs> wish more than anything in the world that I would have thought for more than 10 seconds about it. Because imagine what that con I mean, it would probably be not good because it's like a kid coming up with stuff, <laughs> but like that could make for some interesting content now, like looking back and seeing like what did childhood Paul put on as like a, like a like a, a pay-per-view or a monday night raw or a <laughs> thursday i think at the time night smackdown you know all that stuff i would, would love to hear that actually that would be really cool i don't know if you were the same i don't know if you had you know a lot of the the action and again i, don't I didn't have a did. lot of them but i i think i had a few i think um just a few okay yeah. did you put on like the little shows and all they do all the voices and all that I think I tried. I mean, if anything, yeah, I, I, I'm sure that I would have. 
<laughs> so would you have bought a Rob Bartlett action figure or would you have asked for a Rob Bartlett? Action oh, absolutely. Figure? I would have totally bought a Rob Bartlett action figure. Are you kidding? The most, the most electrifying commentator in all of wrestling in the year 1993, the year of our <laughs> Lord, 1993, everyone. I would have absolutely, I can't maintain this charade any longer. I would not have bought a Rob Bartlett action figure. I would have just probably bought it only to uh, just, you know, set it on fire and melt it. <laughs> like all of the, and I mean, I get it. And I'm sure people, people, you know, once thought this and I'm not, I'm really not trying to say anything negative about JR, but in all reality, I'm not saying if anybody was worthy of having an action figure. Yes. Jim Ross, of course. Yeah. But what are you going to do with a Jim Ross action figure? You know what I mean? Make him like just said, kill everyone. That's like I, what I, mean, I would do. I see. I uh, I'm, I hate to say this, especially because of like a talking about wrestling. I tried to make my stuff at least somewhat realistic. So like I would only ever do scenes where like like Jerry Lawler might get in and, you know, action figure Jerry Lawler might get in and wrestle once in a while. You but were, you were trying to maintain some kayfabe. Of course. But Jim Ross would only get in to be humiliated by Vince or Shane or, you know, whatever. And oh, Steph I, I have would, a Stephanie action. I would... I did, the only person I didn't have was Linda. Couldn't have Linda kick him in the balls like she did at that one point. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, you know, Stephanie, Linda, you know, oh have God. him come in the ring and Stephanie would slap him across the face or, you know, yeah. and things like that. But I never, I never really like... I That's loved it. Funny. I loved having that it because it was funny. like I have this and like, you know, not that a lot of my friends had had wrestlers or whatever, but like if they I, I would have I would have just had Jim Ross just devastate everyone. But that's just me. <laughs> just comes in there, and just starts stunning people. <laughs> but yes, a Rob. Bar sorry, just I, I, I had to bring up uh, the if there was a Rob. Because he there begged was a like Bartlett over action figure, I would have had everyone just come in there and just kick him in the balls. That would have been like <laughs> the most enjoyable thing I think that you could get out of that. <sighs> I would I'm have sorry, just a at the very end when he cross promotion. Oh no! Go ahead. Go ahead. Oh no! All I was gonna say was I. I just when he uh, when he at the end there just kept saying about over and over again about the. Uh, the you know what am I gonna get an action figure? What do I get? You know whatever. So I I just knew I had to ask you because we've both Vince Vince is like Vince is just like like absolute silence. Yeah. <laughs> what do you say? Like realistically, Bartlett, you're gonna be out of here in a few months. You know. <laughs> what did Macho say to him at one point? He said like like you and George Foreman. Yeah. You know. <laughs> Was just like, oh my God, in every generation there is a chosen one she alone will stand against the vampires the demons and the forces of darkness she is the slayer and now thanks to clock shelves entertainment we bring you buffy verse and converse a buffy the vampire slayer universe themed podcast as we re-watch every episode of the beloved franchise whether you're a first-time viewer or been a fantastic fan from the beginning, this show has something for you. So check us out wherever you get your podcasts and celebrate with us as we celebrate 25 years of Buffy rolling into Sunnydale 
and into our geeky hearts. But I'm sorry, you were going to say something about doing a cross-promotion? I would like have that? a cross-promotional thing where Steve Mongo McMichael would come over and kick him in the balls. That's what I would do if I had <laughs> both action figures. That's what I would have done. That's funny. That's yeah. funny. Mongo yeah. with his little dog. Yep. Yep. The little dog just bite him on the nose. Um, But I'm sorry. Well, we're I, big I... Rob Bartlett fans, aren't we? I mean, yeah. we just love the guy. We love him. We love him. Poor guy. If he's listening, it's nothing personal, bro. It's nothing personal. Yeah, he's he's out there on Twitter. He's like, all right, finally, somebody. Finally, someone's referencing my it's run. It's 30 years later. They, there's, <laughs> I could just, you know, he's he's up there. He's in somewhere in New York, you know, a few months ago. And he's going, it's 30 years. 30 years ago, I was on Monday Night Raw, the longest running, can, you know, continuous cable program, blah, 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 blah. Whatever, you know, all those things that they tout. And he's like, and I was there from the very beginning. So I'm sure people are going to want to talk about the 30th oh anniversary. There might be some podcasts that pop up. Oh Maybe gosh. I'll reach out to people and be on them. And and then on the very first episode, from the first episode on, I believe even including the Royal Rumble, we have done nothing but shit on this guy. <laughs> so awful. <laughs> Is there wow raw two two great podcasting Bob, conglomerates Bobby, came together? To, Bobby to... Heaton was like shitting on this guy, so. <laughs> but I just he's there. He's probably there going wow r a a w two two podcasting behemoths, renegade <laughs> pop culture and clock shelves entertainment have come together. They have combined to talk about this this great time in pro wrestling. And I, Rob Bartlett, was a part of it. <laughs> They're going to have nothing but positive things to say, of course. <laughs> Not a one. <laughs> like four or five episodes in, I don't think we've said a single thing. Maybe maybe he's been <laughs> gifted with some self-awareness by now. I don't know. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Wow. <laughs> I mean, it's not like I'm sitting here like trying to do that. I'm really not, but it's just it. it oh, Rob, he doesn't man. he doesn't make it easy to not do that though. He doesn't make it easy on you. <laughs> Speaking of not making it easy, what in the heck was okay? Now, give me the context here because you're you're our historian. You are the guy, so. Give me some context here as far as this Vince and Brutus the Barber beefcake um, promo interview. Well, a lot of people. OK, so I'm not going to lie. I very much I have never at least unless I was when I was a kid. I've never been a fan of Brutus the Barber beefcake. Like just straight up. Mm. Nah. Like uh, almost. I mean, I'm honestly like I'm OK with him. I'm OK with him. But you know, uh, yeah, the the barber thing, I I I don't really get it. Again, and maybe I never when I was have. a kid, like maybe when I was a kid, it was a thing. But um, Conrad but I do Thompson, love the alliteration. Conrad Thompson often refers to what you know when he was younger that Jeff Jarrett was like the human fast forward button. You know, like as soon as he's on your screen, you know, get this guy off my screen. If I can fast forward, I'm going to. Brutus is kind of that for me. Like, okay. You know, okay. so I, I, I mean, I understand that. I kind of, I, I, I got the gist of it, but I kind of tuned out. He actually did go through, like, he did get he, his, yeah, like, you know, like that's actually a thing. I believe it was him and Hogan, 
and I allegedly mean, was... um hogan got uh well okay so again spoiler for something that's 30 years old not in a few months from this we are going to see hulk hogan and we're yeah. going to see him and he has uh, a a certain um cosmetic issue let's just say and some mm-hmm. people try to claim that it that what he has there is from this um i believe it's a jet ski uh accident that that him and and brutus basically went through but oh, excuse yeah. me this was months like that was this this jet ski thing was months prior so mm-hmm. it's not that but he actually did um ed leslie is uh brutus's real name um mm-hmm. i'd call myself brutus as well um or let's see what <laughs> else has he been he is would you call yourself beefcake <sighs> never in a million i mean have you seen me a full body shot no never. <laughs> <laughs> um i always did love that name though i have to say the alliteration was great it's like brutus the barber beefcake i mean um... come on now but I'm trying Come to think. Now. So who else has Ed Leslie been? He's been the Zodiac. The Booty Man. The Booty Man, yep. He's Good been Lord. the Disciple. He's the Disciple. Been Brother, Brother Brutai. Uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> mostly any other name in WCW other than Brutus the fucking Barber Beefcake, as, as Conrad <laughs> Thompson refers to him. Uh, because they obviously couldn't use that name at the time. Um but uh, you know, part of, part of Hogan's re- at the time, they've I believe they've since had a major falling out. But he was, uh, I'm sure, I'm sure he was part of Hogan's real life entourage, not dissimilar to the Nasty Boys and things like that. So pretty much anywhere that Hogan went, he got these guys a job. And I'm not saying that in a negative way. Like that's you know, if you're the if you're the top top guy, that's what you can do. And there's you that's know, what you do. Mm-hmm. That's what you do, right? You take care sense. of your boys. It makes sense. But yeah, this the I don't know if I've provided enough historical context for it, but just this this interview with Brutus it's, was it's strange. Like this whole episode, like I said, it's been very odd. Like odd is the word that I would genuinely use to describe this episode of Raw. Because I, it was I it, I was very surprised that all of that took place in 46 something minutes. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. It's it was weirdly like everything was weirdly paced and packed in there. And I was just like, I don't even know where they're going with this. That that was, the, the you know, and, and this was just a microcosm of that because you had. Just, I mean, like obviously, the 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 parasailing accident was devastating for this man, and I felt very bad. And like the the promo that he does, where he's talking about his mother passing, his father passing, his ex wife, you know, like divorcing him, and like he's laying in the hospital bed and he's nearly given up, and he's he's you know he he has no one left except for except for Hulk Hogan. And I'm just like, I, I, what was it about it that seemed off to me? I'm trying to figure that out because I, it's supposed to be inspirational. It's supposed to be like 
like I was at my wits end. I was at the end of my rope. I didn't have anything. And then I was brought back to life metaphorically. I was, I was given another chance. I was, you know, I, I found the strength within myself to keep going. And now I'm here and I'm going to challenge anyone who wants to challenge me and stuff like that. And it's like, it's supposed to be this great grand statement of like, I am alive. I am here. I am present. And people booed him. I don't know what it was about the delivery maybe, or the, just the way that he presented it or just the fact that Vince didn't seem to really have a direction or the fact that it was just kind of meandering and slowing down the show. I, I, I don't know what exactly it was that, that was sort of off-putting, but there was something about it that was just really strange. And like I said, I got the intent, but the execution of it was just not quite there. Hi, friends. This is Ruth from Just Plain Crazy Face Art of Northeast Pennsylvania. We are now accepting bookings for birthday parties as well as festivals. We offer face painting, glitter tattoos, as well as henna body art. We also offer the option of adding games or crafts to your party as well. Please check out our party services page on our website, JustPlainCrazyFaceArt.com. Our face painting is done with water-based cosmetic products that are easily removed with soap and water. Let us use our 18-plus years in business to help you add color and fun to your event. We also have a large network of talented face art friends around the world, so even if we're not local to you, we probably know artists who are. Feel free to contact us to put you in touch with artists in your area. I think... I wonder if part of it is... I think they booed because it was, like you said, it just, it kind of slowed the pace of the show down and, you know, all these things. But why? Let me see how I want to word this. Because I genuinely felt for him. Like, okay, I so genuinely that, so, did. So that's, that's my question. Do, do, did we, did we really feel bad for him because i i'm not well i am kind of a robot in that way where like okay like you you experienced a sad thing like and i don't know both of my parents i, I I'm, I'm very blessed well i often say i have three parents because my mother's uh, best friend is pretty much like my my second dad so sure. but like my parents are alive so i am right. extremely blessed in that way i have not gone through mm -hmm. that and I, I don't want to any, any, any time soon, of course. Same, and I don't want anyone here. else to like, you know what I mean? Like, that's not something that I would wish on someone, you know? Yeah. But I don't with, with, so he's supposed to be the baby face, right? Yes. What he said the right things. Yeah. But for whatever reason, he just doesn't, to me, come off as a baby face to get that sympathy. How am I supposed mm -hmm. to feel bad for him? And how am I supposed to? Or it could be the other thing, because 
here's the, I mean, this is the thing that I kind of asked myself as I'm watching this. He's why there, there's, there didn't seem to be anything that really made him say, and here's why I'm coming back. It was mm-hmm. mostly just, I went through all this terrible stuff and mm-hmm. now I'm back here. If he had said something like, went through all of that terrible stuff and I, but through it all, there was just one thing that I wanted and that was to become the World Wrestling Federation champion. That's maybe what was missing there. I think, I think you hit it on the head right there because it's like, if you look at a guy like, like for instance, like CM Punk, when he came back to AEW and what was his, his message was that he's getting back in the ring. It's been years. I'm coming back to the ring because this is the best place to be. This is where I want to be. I want to be champion. I want to be, you know, and, and it just like, and I don't even think that, I I mean, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm forgetting certain parts of it, but I don't even think Brutus said that. Like, I don't think he said like, no, at all. All I wanted was to come back here to all you fans. Like, I don't think yeah, he said he anything even... like that. I think it was just like, all this stuff happened to me, but here I am. I'm back now. You know what I mean? And I mean, he had some really bad shit happen to him, like really bad things. And oh, like, absolutely. that's that's the thing that, that I felt bad for him about that. But at the same time, even I was sitting there like, okay, is there a point to this? Like, it just got to the point where it was uncomfortable to hear it. And maybe that's what it was. Maybe it just felt like awkward and uncomfortable. And like, he didn't mention the championship. He didn't really give a goal for himself. He just said, I'm back here and I have an open challenge. Yeah, he did. Like there was, there was no motivation. And that's the other thing he gave an open. He didn't, he didn't say like, if he had said, I'm here because I, I think that what money Inc is doing is terrible. Yeah. You know, they're they're you know, they're, they're dominating the tag team division, you know, IRS with your taxes and your, you know, million dollar man. You think you could just buy anything and anyone. And and I'm here to tell you, it doesn't work like that, pal. That's all yeah. he had to say. That's all you he know? had to say, really. And anybody, literally anybody, he could have picked it. And he could have said, you know, all he had to say was basically the only thing that kept me going. I lost my mother. I lost my father. I lost my wife. I lost my face. Like, sorry, I didn't realize how I worded that. <laughs> I lost my face. <laughs> but I was in face off, but before the movie came out. Okay. But you know what I mean? Like he 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 all of these things happened to him, but the old but through it all, the only thing that kept me going was you fans here in yeah, the World Wrestling fans, Federation World Wrestling and you Federation, are the greatest fans wanting just, to be the WWF champion wanting to you know something just get a get a cheap pop by saying you fans are the best fans yeah, in exactly. the whole world and that yeah, would have so, made them like in the arena that would have made them pop and i'm sure and it's one of those things it's like a almost like a like a Pavlov's dog thing when they cheer we at home go yeah you know Exactly. Exactly. Like, that's all he had to do was just basically do the cheap pop. Mick Foley used to do it all the time. Obviously, all the after time. this, but he used to do it all the time when he would be right here in town that we're in. You know, like, and he gives the thumbs up and oh, everybody you know, whatever. Does that. Yeah, everybody. And, yeah. Right. So, time honored traditions. All he had to do was say the World Wrestling Federation and you <laughs> fans, He's and then he could have thrown in. 
and here's you know look at directly into the camera and here's the message to you xyz wrestler i'm sick of the way you're doing things around here i'm gonna mention something about your gimmick like irs or million dollar man or whoever narcissist and, you know, like that you, could have been something very simple, like whatever. Exactly. And I'm here. I came back because of these people and to take you down. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. That's exactly right. But he didn't do any of that. This All is the- like, it's like the polar opposite of, of Dusty Rhodes hard times. Yeah. Because it's it's kind of similar but executed in the entirely wrong way. All right. Is it that time? Do we got a dusty impression coming out here? Come on, baby. I have to I have to <laughs> I have to rewatch that promo so I know what to say, but anyway, that, I'll just give you a little bit, okay? I'll give you a little bit. Here we go. We didn't get it last week. Okay, hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Let me let me rethink. Let me think. Let me think. Let me think of the words. Bring in the words. Okay. Okay. And don't ask me about the nature boy Rick Flair. I got nothing to say about Ric Flair. No respect. No honor. Ric Flair, you put hard times on dusty roads. The American dream. There you go. That's for you. That's for you, Paul. That's for you, Paul. I love it. I love it. (laughs) I love it. We didn't get it last week, folks, so I hope you enjoyed it this week. Uh, he was feeling a little, throat was a little sore last throat week. Throat was a little sore so, last uh, week, yeah. But we, we got it, we got it this week, uh, if you will. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, again, that was, it, it, in my opinion, with the, uh, with, with the Brutus thing, I think that's what it was, was it wasn't, it, it wasn't no direction i guess yeah no direction and it, it there was no direction and there was no like clear sort of like trajectory of where he's going to go right if that makes sense and like we because we got the sympathy on him like you said you feel like you legitimately feel bad for him because he went through all of these things and that's what we should be like we we always should feel at, okay so <laughs> At least in some way. Some some so way. The, yeah. the old, not to get too far into like territory talk, but the old way that it used to be was most territories were uh, heel territories, meaning the, the, yes. the heel was the champion. And yes. then you would you would develop, you know, baby faces to try to topple them down. Now, the WWF or WWF, the Worldwide Wrestling Federation, as it yep. used to be known. The um, old, yep. They uh they were a <laughs> a babyface territory in that Bruno San Martino mm-hmm. was the champion for well mm-hmm. you know realistically he was ar- arguably the the longest reigning champion and and the one that people for generations knew for a long time for sure but he sure. was the champion and all these heels would try to come in and take him down and that's how the McMahons kind of built that territory. And it goes both ways because you're supposed to think, oh, my gosh, this heel is larger than life. There's no way that our hero is going to be able to take him down. And then at the, you know, at the 11th hour, as they say, he figures out his way. He, uh, you know, obviously a lot of people often refer to it as uh, they, they hulk up. 
you know, like Hogan does at the very end of the match <laughs> where he finally, he, you know, he's shaking the fist and, you know, for Hogan, of course, so, he puts the finger up and he does the no, you know, yeah, he does um, the, like uh, the windshield wiper um, motion. No, yes. And, yes, yes. um, yes, you know, and then he, he, he has the, the comeback. Even Tatanka kind of did that too. He, he, he tonked up, so to speak. Right. Exactly. And I mean, let's let's be honest. One of the places that I would argue that uh, Hulk Hogan learned that was from Jerry Lawler back in the old Memphis days when yeah. he went through that territory. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but that's what I'm they sure would do is you're supposed to feel like it's, you are it's supposed to. I don't want to say in terms of size all the time, but it's almost always supposed to be a David and Goliath sort of thing. How yeah. is this? you know baby face again i'm not saying that they have to be small you know it doesn't have to be ray mysterio versus the giant to to do that whole david and goliath thing but it's just that basic concept of how is this you know good guy like the bad guy he'll cheat he'll mm -hmm. he'll he'll you know hit you with a with a foreign object or you know brass knuckles in the in the tights or in the knee pad or he'll you know choke you against the ropes or whatever all while the ref isn't looking but we know our good guy isn't going to do that so he needs to win the old-fashioned way with truth and justice and Americanism behind him and all of those things, apple pie and baseball and your mom, and not in a bad way, but your mom, and, you know, <laughs> all, that, <laughs> all that sort of stuff uh, you know, behind him. And that's what you want, you know? And then, and then right as things seem down for our baby face he comes back and he he triumphantly wins and i didn't get that part of this promo just a reminder that if you are enjoying these episodes but don't necessarily want all of these interruptions and advertisement type breaks you can get the episodes early and uninterrupted over at content club uh that is patreon.com slash clock shelves uh where you get, of course, early uninterrupted versions of MCU and Me, Paul and All, Lost with Friends. You get uh, some exclusive stuff. You get some uh, promotional material early before even the social medias get it. So, yeah, check it out. Uh, throw some dough if you choose to do so. Very affordable tiers for the great content that you love. It is a great way to pass the time. And it's a great way to keep the mics and lights on. I got the no. sympathy. I got the okay. He 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 has. A, I got he the, has the wow. Motivation. You've been through a lot. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> like he has the motivation, but he didn't. Like you said, he didn't, didn't execute it properly. it. Yeah, he didn't didn't really didn't really communicate it as well as he maybe could have. But you know what you brought up also is a good segue into the next match because we had the we had high energy versus the quote-unquote enhancement talent uh, of Von Cruz and Iron Mike Sharp. Now, I say that enhancement talent with quotes because I think that could have been like, like it looks like it could be a competitive match. The visuals, you know, by, by the visual of it, because you have the larger heels versus the 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 baby faces who are more like you know high risk you know high flyers and that sort of thing um so from what i found 
yes very quickly go so iron it. mike sharp um is a name that a lot of kind of older territory people may know mm-hmm. um he was around uh uh from canada actually i believe he i want to say he may yes. have worked um in let's see uh he he won two different uh mid self mid south wrestling belts which i somehow combined all of those words right there um <laughs> And he worked for uh, Gene Kaniski's NWA All Star Wrestling and and things like that. And again, he he basically, See? like you said, he became known as an enhancement talent. But he was we kind of talked uh, Brooklyn Brawler last week was like the enhancement talent. Iron yes, Mike was. Sharp was was very similar in some yeah. of the old territories. Well, you can and, tell that he has that in him too. Like you can see it in the match as he's going on. Like he's got pers- he's got a a persona. He's got personality. He knows what he's doing, and I think he looks like he's a good guy to have in the ring because he's a big guy, and he just, like, he he kind of embodies that whole, like, old-school sort of wrestling, you know, kind of look, and the way that he moves and everything is very old-school. So I quite liked it. I liked seeing him in there. And if what I'm seeing is correct, was you say Von Von Kruis was von the tag Kruse. team? Part? Yes, uh, Von Kruis. If I'm seeing this correctly, that's Big Vito from ECW. Yes, it's yeah, it is. You're okay. right. Yeah, yeah. He was playing a German, uh, an evil, you know, evil foreigner German character i guess here see like i said it will we'll hear about it a little later on you need americanism to win <laughs> except for the fact that owen hart is canadian <laughs> <laughs> which is but north like, american i suppose but still <laughs> but i i liked the matchup of high energy versus the the larger you know the bigger guys that you think you know it's kind of a david and goliath kind of a thing even though this was a very quick match it was a squash match essentially but it was it was good to see like Iron Mike Sharp. He got a couple of he, he got a couple of shoulder tackles in. You know, like he was he was doing okay for himself, and he was sitting there letting the crowd know it. I mean, I I did like that. I like when you have the 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 so called like enhancement talent guys, the 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 so called jobber guys. I like when you give them a little bit of you know that moment, unless of course it doesn't serve the match, like that poor guy that faced Yokozuna later, but. I like that it gives it a little bit of flavor. And I like that you you sort of establish that, hey, these guys aren't just pushovers. You know what I mean? Like they they will give you something. Right. At the very least. So yeah, I liked Iron Mike Sharp. I thought he did good. And I liked Von Cruz as well. Did a good job. I mean, we talked uh a few episodes back about Coco Beware. I said how yes. you know he was very um you know, a lot of a lot of people should definitely check out his sort of pre WWF stuff. Oh um, yeah, yeah. I, absolutely. I I can't. I don't think many people have many negative things to say about Owen Hart. You know, especially no. ring work. Like no. I, I think you'd be very, very hard pressed to find anyone uh, who would say anything negative. So pretty much, if you have. Owen Hart and Coco Beware in there, even in what this was, which was an enhancement match. And mm-hmm. I'm not taking anything away from from Iron Mike Sharp and and Big Vito, but mm-hmm. you know, I, I it's it's one of those things like like um we said a, a few episodes ago where it was, I believe, 
was it either Shawn Michaels against it was it was what somebody from like the click which of course the click wasn't a thing at this point but you know what I mean sort of like the click thing and it was like no matter what like they're going to put on a good match exactly you know what I mean like you if 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 any one of them are in there you know it's going to be a good match and I feel like Owen Hart and Coco Beware again I'm not saying that they were part of the click or you know whatever but I feel like it's it's just kind of if they're if those two are in there, it's going to be a good match. And it it always hits me the nostalgic feels whenever uh, somebody refers to Owen Hart as the Rocket. For some reason, that just takes me way back. So that's it's yeah, I miss him. Uh, yeah. all right. So I want to say something before we move on, which is the the. The ring girls are are in the ring and they're holding up signs that are like joke signs now mm-hmm. that say raw and order and steak tartar is raw. I just want to point that out. Yep. Who wrote those? Rob Bartlett? Just pointing it out there. Okay. I want to I want to I want to ask question yes please so last week kevin kind of asked us like basically how did we go through all these shows so far and and not mention the uh the ring girls now there's there it seemed in the last few episodes that it was several different girls throughout the episode i believe there was one girl throughout the majority of this episode she just changed her her costume, her outfit, her bikini, basically. Bikini, yeah. And then, of course, at the end, there is another young lady in there who is, I guess, supposed to further emphasize the Narcissus character of Lex Luger because she is not what one might say is conventionally traditionally attractive terrible terrible comment to to basically make without making it like you could not i'm not saying that that they can get away with girls in like the 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 skimpy outfits now but you could not get away with even something that because it wasn't subtle but it was supposed to be subtle but you couldn't get you couldn't do that now you shouldn't you shouldn't have done it then but you couldn't do it now that was just a cheap really cheap joke um and not even a joke and i no no that's just vince being vince yeah 100% yeah yeah i will say in, in I thought that was really in, in just really insensitive and really stupid and very cheap and it did not make me laugh and it it was honestly just really dumb and I wish that they hadn't done it I agree yeah I fully that was agree. really stupid I, I as I w- as someone who is not a skinny person as someone who has been overweight my entire life and as someone who was relentlessly teased and mocked for it by strangers who do not know me um yeah that that's pretty 
just really, really stupid and dumb. And this is not the first time that like they've pulled that in the WWF. No. Even at this point, like you you said about you know you mentioned uh, 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 Dusty Rhodes earlier. Like they did that with him and and they Sapphire, did. right? Like they they yeah. they've continued to try to do these things. Hello, all listeners of Clock Shelves Entertainment. I am Jacob, known as the Streaming Demon, over at Renegade Pop Culture. Need a distraction from all the chaos in the world? Well, so do we. And that's why we discuss all kinds of media that we love. Movies, cartoons, music, comics, games, you name it, we cover with gaming respectful, honest, and enthusiastic perspectives. Find us on Podchaser, Banana Meter, Anchor, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, etc. Or hop over to RenegadePopCulture.com. Renegade Pop Culture. Need an escape? So do we. And it's not it's not very often where I, fi- I I don't. I, I really truly don't find it hard or difficult or however you want to say it to to be a wrestling fan, a WWE fan in particular, because I've been a fan pretty much my entire life. And I can I can justify a lot of things, you know, because, OK, it's, you know, people are like, oh, what is this? Well, that's just not for you. Or, you know, well, well, you know, it's one of my favorites is, well, you can't have a, a man fight a woman. OK. OK, let's let's talk, you know, say that. But then in the very next sentence, you'll say about how it's fake. So. Is it fake or is it not? Because, you know, whatever. But that's a whole other conversation. But there are so many yeah. things that it's yeah. like, you know, uh, the 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 dirty jokes and innuendo. But again, like a movie like Shrek has some of those, you know, and I and I, you know, can easily point that out. Like, you know, whatever, like, uh, you know, there's there's something as seemingly silly as the firefly funhouse the last few years people are like this is just you know whatever and it's like yes but it also has like the kind of sinister twisted thing and it's mm-hmm. in a in a way i'm i'm this is a, a larger leap that i'm taking here but it's it's not dissimilar to the character of doink that we're seeing here in 1993 where it's a clown but he's a bad mm-hmm. guy and he's presenting yeah. himself as a good guy but he's doing bad guy things like that's just what happens right like there's a lot of things that i can kind of say like okay you know maybe that wasn't my thing or maybe that's not your thing or this didn't hit you know whatever but i can i can for lack of a better phrase, I can justify a lot of things because I've seen a lot of things in wrestling. Sure. There are just some things that it doesn't matter whether it was yesterday or 30 years ago. There are some things that are just it's mean spirited, no matter no matter when it's mean spirited. It is. And 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 I understand words change. You know what I mean? Things like that. Like, um, I'll give you an example of a word change later. But like, you know, we we hear, uh, you know, you you look at some some attitude era promos, you know, and and you hear one guy call another guy a homo. Like, yeah, it it should not have happened, but unfortunately, it did. 
we can't change it we can we can understand and we can be better and once people started to to talk about that more and whatever it was like okay now that's not a thing it's the same reason why women's wrestling has changed and and mm-hmm. all of these things very much yeah but it seems that no matter when obviously the last you know say six seven eight months notwithstanding with the regime change but it seems like for the most part there are certain things that are still Vince McMahon and Vince McMahon will all will never change in his opinion of certain things such as this person is what some would say is overweight so therefore they can't be the the champion or they can't be the focal point or they will be a joke they will be a punchline to a joke that's not even funny and I feel like that right there with Lex Luger and that woman was a a perfect example of that and it is extremely unfortunate yep Hmm. not to bring us down i'm sorry but no it's okay i mean i think that that meant that that needed to be said because it was gross frankly it really was yeah but okay let's talk about speaking of doink let's talk about doink the clown versus typhoon the big match that was advertised, the, technically the speaking, so-called the... main event of the show, yeah, which is placed somewhere around the midway point. Ah, uh, but see, you're you're you're. It's this is this this right here was Vince McMahon telling us all those years ago, thirty years ago, because people people question that, right? The, the winner of the now this is how it's been especially once there's now two champ you know a champion for each show or what have you right and now the um, again I'm not saying it as a negative thing but the the women's title is held or seemingly held to you know almost as much of a prestige as the the men's world championship and and what have you ever any match at WrestleMania is a main event. We've heard that for the last several years, right? Because the winner of the Royal Rumble goes on to the main event of WrestleMania. But are they the last match on the card? No, because any match is a main event if we promote it as such. Perfect example. He was trying to teach us all the way back in 1993. This is the future, pal. Main event. Whatever I say it is. Well... Yeah, he can, <laughs> he can keep saying whatever he wants to say. But regardless of that, we have Doink and we have Typhoon. And I have to say, just looking at the match for what it is in and of itself, I think it's very interesting that, you know, Doink is an accomplished wrestler. Like, he's a good grappler. Like, he is a guy who can take Typhoon off of his feet twice in minutes. And, I mean, I know that, you know, I, I you can say wrestling is choreographed and whatnot. I mean, like, they, they have an idea of what they're going to do. But the thing of it is, is that Doink proved something in this match, I think, to anybody that had any question, because he... He did good. Like, 
Typhoon is a is a big guy. He's a big bruiser type. He's going to use his weight. He's going to use his, you know, his his size to his advantage. And he does in certain points on this match. But obviously they're they're positioning Doink to be more of a threat to, to big guys like Crush, like Typhoon. So I felt like this match did a good job of that, of showcasing you know, this the the guy who basically acts like a clown but is really actually an accomplished wrestler. And he wins. Although he wins, you know, by cheating, essentially. But that was an interesting match, and I did not expect Dwayne to win. So those are my thoughts. You have more thoughts than me on this. <laughs> I'm sorry. I I, I haven't I, seen this match ever in my life, so that's probably why. No, and and I'm I mean, I probably did back then, but it's it wasn't it wasn't a bad match, like by any stretch. You know what I mean? And it's it it didn't happen as it didn't happen mere moments after the the you know, if it had happened right after the uh the Owen Hart uh coco beware tag mm-hmm. match that would have been like well you know it's nothing like it was the match before or what have you but it just it didn't draw me in and the problem for me was uh and i talked about it kind of last week we after the main event of last week they then took a commercial break came back from the commercial literally to promote the fact that Flair was going to finish up a few house show dates mm-hmm. and promote this match happening this week. Yeah. So if you haven't already, uh, go check out on Content Club. One of the bonus episodes we have once a month is a show called Two of Us. It features myself and my father uh, going through some different things in Beatles history. Uh, I know that... That may not sound like fun to some people. You may not be a Beatles fan, or maybe you're just a casual fan, or what have you. But we're making some interesting discoveries along the way. Because one of the things that we uh, have with that show is I provide a lot of research and things like that. And my dad, who was alive for a lot of it, but kind of caught up later because it was happening when he was, you know, incredibly young. Uh, But he is one of the biggest Beatles fans fans I know, one of the biggest Beatles fans you'll probably ever meet if you get the chance to meet him, of course. But we kind of provide, it's it's almost like a sports commentary sort of deal where I provide some play-by-play and he provides the color, meaning he can provide some context and some things because he's read various uh, books, he's seen various interviews and heard various interviews and all of these things, and he has such a vast knowledge of all things Beatle-related, and we're covering some topics that aren't necessarily the major topics when it comes to the Beatles. So if you might be interested, go check it out. It's available on Content Club right now, patreon.com slash clock shelves and it is called two of us and it's us going through the long and winding road of the beatles and like again we we referenced it earlier in the episode in this episode like uh, kevin said last week this episode got a higher rating 
And again, I can only assume that that's because, you know, last week was such a good episode. That people, last week was like, really good. And I think, yeah, the previous week was really good. So yeah, I think the that's people were like, why. well, damn, if that's what Raw is, let's that's tune what in. Raw is going to be. Then, yeah, let's tune in. And I feel like that's also why we got so much in this episode was because I feel like it was just Vince and and Bruce Pritchard and Pat Patterson and whoever else was even peripherally involved with creative at the time, basically saying, let's throw every, you know, we're, we're going to have a high, you know, we think we're going to have a, a high audience this time. Let's throw everything we can in there. I think that's why we also got the, you know, the, the Vince McMahon interviewing the interviewer, Todd Pettengill, just to say, what do we have to, you know, like basically as if as if this was what Vince was saying you've all been enjoying this so much don't forget we have other programming and yeah exactly God, yeah, what are we going to see on it. that programming and you know that's basically what it was and there's nothing wrong with that nothing at all like obviously no, you want to promote I mean, all the other stuff that you do how i plug all the clock shelves podcast entertainment uh, shows all the time available no um you know what i mean like you you always want same to... <laughs> same here yeah you, you always, always do that right Right. And, and, and that's, there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. But I think when you have matches that are good, like this wasn't a bad match, but again, for me, it wasn't one where I have a whole lot to say about it other than just like, yeah, it was a good match. Uh, there's a, there's a movie that I, that I enjoy. Um, I think it's, I think it's often referred to as like a cult classic sort of thing. I don't know. Some people have heard of it. Some people haven't. So it's it's um, Eddie and the Cruisers. I don't know if you have uh, heard of this movie or not. I I might have maybe in the past, but yeah. Um, well, th there's a sequel movie, Probably Eddie and the Cruisers not, yeah. Two. Um, and wow. in that, it basically it's about a guy who's like the head of a of a band, right? Like he's like the lead right. singer, lead guitar player of, of a band. And in the second one, he he talks with a, a young guy who is like really flashy on the guitar right yeah. and he wants to he wants to jam with them or whatever and yeah. they're they're playing and whatever and the, the kid just goes into this like really sick guitar solo and the guy packs up his you know he starts packing up his guitar and he goes not bad and he says you know not bad what you know what the hell does that mean not bad and he says not bad means not bad if i was in a bar you know or if i was in a club or whatever and i heard you playing i'd enjoy it and then I'd go home and then I'd never think about it again. That's what not bad means. And <laughs> that statement has sort of stuck with me. And I feel like that was this match. I enjoyed yeah, it. It encapsulates this match. Yeah. You know, I, I hear you on that. Especially <laughs> when it's being promoted as this is the big match of the program. It wasn't really that. <laughs> right. Like, I'm not saying that it was a great match or anything. I'm just saying that that I, I liked it for what it was. I mean, I liked seeing like a guy like Doink, who was not somebody that I initially thought could, could win that match. And then he won that match, even though he had to cheat a little, but you know, what, what, what was also in my mind when I was watching this was the fact that we had just come off the rumble and it's typhoon and he's by himself. No earthquake. Even though I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, I believe they went after each other in the rumble. They did. And yeah. that's that's what I was thinking was like, hmm, you know, he doesn't have his backup. 
he doesn't have like he like his buddy's not there. I mean, obviously I there they are real reasons that. for that, but yeah, I don't know. Did I they? Don't even, I don't even think they referenced that in the commentary. Like, no, they know, didn't. Oh, the la- like, what are the last time? Because it may not have been. I get it because, because like, we're it... not covering like superstars or mania or challenge right. or whatever other shows, so it may not have been the last time we saw them. But they still could have said that for but this it was audience. Super, it was strange that at the Rumble, they just went after each other. And I still find that really, really strange. Like, normally, that's not what you see with tag team partners. You know, they will always team up or something. That was just an odd thing. So I just, it just kind of planted the seed of doubt in my mind of like, are the natural disasters no longer a thing? Right. And like I said, all they had to do was was even say that, you know, like, Oh, it's very strange. Uh, Earthquake isn't out here. But then again, one of the last times that they saw each other was in the Royal Rumble match, and they were oddly going against each other. Yeah, they could have like split here with the natural disasters. Like, yeah, yeah. There's just, there's, it's, it's again, it, it missed the mark on certain stuff where, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and I get it, like storytelling then wasn't what like the the entire business was was different it was different very right different. because the the concept and i think we've talked about this before the concept wasn't television they were a live event business yes you, yes you, you what you saw on tv was just a taste but the real the real good matches the real superstars you would see when you went and saw you know, the live shows live yeah. in your neighborhood or whatever. Yep. So I get in it. Your house. So to they speak. weren't. <laughs> so they they weren't doing that here where everything is is TV. Yeah. But it's just, cons- you know, considering that's kind of what we're doing here is reflecting and analyzing wrestling. Hey, that's where the show name comes. There from. you go. There you go. Uh, but it's like that thing on Family Guy. Oh, they said it. They said it. Um, <laughs> but they said the name. But like it's that's one of the things that 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 you know I'm realizing is how different storytelling was then versus now. How different production was then versus now, and you know. They still, you know, they still use the word superstars. We heard that when when Bret Hart presented that big, that big novelty check for the uh, the headlock <laughs> on hunger event. You know, yep. On behalf of myself and all of the superstars here in the World Wrestling Federation, like that's a thing, right? Like, let's you know, use that word. You know, we we're not just wrestlers here; we're superstars, pal. You well, know, I sort mean, of thing. To this day, they're saying WWE Universe, right? We don't say the fans anymore. We say the universe. And yeah. that's one of those things is like he said the fans. So like that's something where I realized it's like, oh, OK, yes, we were still allowed to say fans here, you know, and and what have you. But it's just there are certain storytelling things such as why wasn't Earthquake there nor mentioned? Why didn't Brutus have more of a direction for his yeah. thing? Like. These like are a goal that, in mind, at least. Right. These are things that we notice looking back now with how used to storytelling in wrestling we are after 30 years of not just Monday Night Raw, but 30 plus years of fandom. Hey, everyone. It's James, recurring guest on Paul and All. Just taking the time out here to let you 
know about a special bonus episode of Paul and All available right now on Content Club. In it, Paul and I discuss a failed pilot, How I Met Your Dad. We were prepared for How I Met Your Father. Yes, there are two different shows. This episode will never be released in the main feed, so go check it out right now at Content Club, only at patreon.com forward slash clock shelves. Thank you. Because again, it it it, it counts, you know, in for, at least for me, WWF, WCW, a little mm-hmm. bit of ECW, some TNA, um, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. some AEW. A lot, I, I, uh, much like you probably have, and and others, you know, I've gone back and watched some old territory stuff and and all of that, and it all, it's a progression, and yeah. so it's interesting to sort of have like a regression here where we're peeling back some of those layers to see like that's not how they did it back 30 years ago. Mm-hmm. You know? Okay. So before we move on, I do want to mention this, the, the sign that says boink doink. And then he said, now I, my mind exists in the gutter a lot. I'm not going to lie. And he said, Vince, I believe says, that that's what Typhoon just tried to do or something like that. <laughs> <sighs> I feel like we probably Ooh. wish we could have that one back. <laughs> well, 30 years later. All right. So, um, you know, I feel like this segment should have been our our like our big outro segment. The next one because the Fink, the great Howard Finkel, is in the ring and he is he's announcing a a moment of silence and tribute to Andre the Giant, who sadly passed away a week before or or during the week prior to the airing of this raw episode. Yes, um, actually, and I um, felt like I I'm, I'm sorry to interrupt. I did want to make mention of no, that. No, I forgot ahead. to mention it last week. I believe it was about two days after. The episode that we cut, we obviously we're doing these not we the original plan was that we were going to try to do these kind of every Monday. Unfortunately, it hasn't been um, working out that way just because of conflicting schedule and stuff. But we are trying to get these out weekly for you folks. And, you know, we're going to we're, we're obviously we're trying to do better and be you know more consistent and all that. But we're real people with real lives outside of wrestling. So please forgive us. That's me. You know, there. I'm sorry. But about two days after the the original airing of that episode of WWF Monday Night Raw, so it would have been that Wednesday, I believe, is when Andre passed. And I actually meant to say that last week when we were talking, but because we got, you know, obviously we had other conversations and, you know, having Kevin on and talking yeah. about that amazing main event that we had. I yep. did forget to to mention that. So I do apologize for that, but I believe that's when it was was about 2 days after on that Wednesday um that that Andre passed. I'm sorry, go ahead. Oh no, I'm just you know, I just wanted to to briefly mention that and I wanted to say that I I kind of wish that that was what they went out on uh of that episode because I just felt like that would have been a a, a more fitting way to end the show. Um, with a tribute to Andre. Um, but it, it's just so striking that even now to this day, like when I hear the the ring, the 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 ring bell, you know, just that stark sound and the silence around it, it's so 
Ooh, that's that's devastating. Um, well, the, the the interesting thing, and like uh, obviously we said some some negative things about Vince McMahon just a little bit ago, and yeah. it's 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 weird as a as a professional wrestling fan because there are and I said this last week as well. There are a lot of things that we can praise Vince McMahon about, and there are a lot of things that we can villainize him about. And mm-hmm. one of the things. Uh, and it goes both ways because it doesn't work like this for everyone. But Vince, Vince loved, and almost anybody will will tell you that Vince loved Andre. He had probably mm-hmm. the utmost respect for Andre, um, partially because of Andre's relationship with Vince's father, partially because Andre, you know, he he helped, um, especially obviously Hogan and, and Hulkamania and the rock and wrestling and all that was, was there, you know, 1985 was the very first WrestleMania, you know what I mean? But by WrestleMania three, Andre helped even more by, you know, letting Hogan, because obviously Andre's not going to do anything that he doesn't want to do. Right. So he, you know, he, 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 as they say, did the favor. He let Hogan body slam him. Mm-hmm. Despite what mm-hmm. people, despite what WWE wants you to think, it's not the first time that anybody ever did that. But it was it was one of the first times that people saw it on a major stage like that, and that's right. so that's become sort of the lore is that it was the first time it was ever done, and you know it was Hulk Hogan that did it and whatever, and that helped Hogan get over even bigger than he already was, and one could say that he was already at the biggest point, and he got even bigger after that, as did the rest of the WWF. And unfortunately, as things started to change in terms of what Vince wanted out of the company, we kind of talked about this last week with the concept of Flair not necessarily being in main events, wanting to go younger. And realistically, Andre's body, what could he couldn't do what he was able to do 10 or so years prior. He could, you know, he had a a medical condition with the uh, i don't know the proper term but i believe it's often referred to as like gigantism or something like that um but he yes, had yeah he had a, a a medical condition that he wasn't able to move around as much as he as he got a little older and i yes. don't think that he liked the fact that he was sort of not pushed aside i wouldn't say that but it wasn't he he, you know he wasn't a focus anymore and he eventually left and he went to wcw and i've heard a lot of people say that that hurt vince an awful lot and Mm. when andre passed he Mm -hmm. was actually working i believe he was under contract with wc or you know whatever nwa wcw ted turner whatever the you know the the corporation was at the time i believe um he was under contract with them and vince still and you know knowing what we know it's not always that vince is gonna you know even if somebody was big in their company and they pass away if they were working for a rival promotion at the time they're not always going to promote that person but Mm -hmm. vince still had the respect and the reverence for Andre and what what Andre meant to him, what Andre meant to his father, and what Andre meant to the business and did for the business to yeah. still give him this tribute and the ten bell salute and yes. all of this stuff. And I believe, and I could be mistaken, but I believe later on in the year of 1993, the Hall of Fame was established 
with Andre the Giant as the first and only inductee in the Hall of Fame. Mm. Wow. Was, yeah. you know, like, so it, it just Very shows. Very fitting. Very yeah. fitting. So it just shows sort of, and I mean, we saw it how many years later when they, you know, I believe it was for WrestleMania, they did the Andre the Joy, Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal. I don't think they still do that anymore, but they, you know, they I had that. I think I've still seen something, some kind of tribute to Andre that's that's still going on. But they, you know what I mean? They did. They had the big, like the yeah, the, they had the, the trophy the with him yeah. on it, and he's doing the the pose that everybody knows, oh and you know gosh, all that yeah. stuff. Yeah. And it just it just goes to show how loyal and how I, I'm going to say it. Not a lot. I'm, people may not agree with this, but how loyal and how loving Vince can be. People may not agree with that, and that's yeah. I mean, it. he's it's 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 always you know whatever to talk about Vince and the good qualities of him. But I think this shows, and I think that little bit of backstory shows mm -hmm. that once whether you want to say once in a while or whatever i think this shows that there are some good sides to him despite what a lot of people want to think yeah yep i, I see what you're saying um no one is completely good and no one is completely evil except for maybe well maybe not no one I think there have been a few a few exceptions to that rule, but I think most people are somewhat of a mixture. Well, I don't know, man. Complete well, okay, completely evil, no, but completely terrible. I mean, we've yes. had to endure four episodes of Rob Bartlett so far, so <laughs> Okay. All right, getting us back on track here. That Let's was the, that was about... the, that was the levity to be a that a was nice... the levity to end the segment there. Okay, um, <laughs> so so now let's move on. We're almost done with this episode. There's a lot happening in this thing. So the next match is a is a quite literal squash match between a guy named Bobby DeVito, any relation to Danny, and Yokozuna with Mister Fuji in his corner. Now the most interesting thing about this match, I think, is that they also have, after after trying a couple of times, they also had Hacksaw Jim Duggan on the phone with the commentators throughout the match. And one of the funnier things is Hacksaw keeps calling Yokozuna Yakazuma, which I honestly thought was funny, even though it's a little bit weird. <laughs> but... um. You know, Hacksaw's doing his thing where he's talking about, oh, they're waving around the Japanese flag and they're going to hear everybody chanting the USA and all this See? stuff. And Americanism. There I'm you go. You. There you go. I mean, exactly. <laughs> That's exactly what it is. But, you know, it's it's just. Uh, here's the thing. Like, like Mr. Fuji is from he, he was from my my place of birth, Hawaii. He's Hawaiian. Um, And of course, and, and Yokozuna, of course, is is. Someone, um, I believe, but I'm like nine, it's I'm just nine percent sure you're correct. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So like, he's part so of, he's part so of that Noye family. So yeah, it's just the, the the funniest thing though to to hear Hacksaw just completely 
like he's just not he's not able to get it. Uh, it. It was, you know, I the whole time that I heard Hacksaw Jim Duggan talking about how he's going to, you know, he's going to show them the power of the USA and all this stuff. And I'm just thinking, uh huh. Yeah. Yeah. That's really going to happen. Hacksaw. I'm sorry. I love you, man. But no, <laughs> it's not going to happen. Um, Yokozuna obviously wins. It's no contest whatsoever. And that's pretty much all I have to say about that one. So so we went from having the main event match of this episode of Raw, so to speak, to the tribute to Andre, which is great, to a squash match. And then to a weird promo and then to another squash match. Wait, did we did we miss the uh, the interviewing of the tag team? No, that's next. That's okay. next. Yeah, that's what I mean when I say that we went from main event to squash to interview to squash. And that's how we end. It was a very oddly put together episode. And I just I didn't like the way that they structured it. I I don't know. It 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 was just really, really weird. But anyway, let's talk about that interview since we're on it, since we're on the topic here. Kind of segued. Hey everyone, earlier in the episode you heard about the monthly content club series Two of Us, a Beatles podcast featuring myself and my father. Well, what you may not know is that uh, before we ever launched it as an official series, we did a sort of test episode. And, excuse me, I put that episode out actually on Content Club uh, months prior, but now that episode is available uh, in the Polynol feed. So you can go check that out. We break down the Beatles song Paperback Writer. Uh, it's not an unknown song, but it's not necessarily one of their more uh, popular songs, you know, like uh, Let It Be or Strawberry Fields Forever or, you know, something like that. So um, it was a really fun discussion. You could definitely hear uh, how my dad and I kind of were trying to find our footing. We got into some sort of side conversations about other bands of that era and even, you know, some more... Uh, modern music in comparison, things like that. Um, but we we had a lot of fun recording it, and it was definitely a great way to sort of try and figure out sort of what the dynamic might be. And if you like it, of course, you could go check out the monthly episodes uh, released on Content Club. So go check it out right now. It's a special episode available in the Polynol feed, uh, Two of Us, where myself and my dad, Scott, cover Paperback Writer, just one of the many entries into the long and winding road of the Beatles story. Um. So IRS is, is a, I, I'm sorry. I'm going to say for it. Go for it. I like, I liked him when I was a kid. Yeah. I'm kind of indifferent now. <laughs> I like what his, I, I like what I like his, his sons as wrestlers, but yes. IRS is a one dimensional character. I mean, he was, I, I mean, look at this. <laughs> the The only thing that he was upset about was that people are cheating on their taxes. That's and his yeah, main complaint throughout this whole entire segment. <laughs> Brutus, you didn't pay your taxes just like all these other tax cheats. <laughs> what proof do you have, dude? <laughs> 
Like these are some bold accusations I, you are I really, throwing at I, me. I really <laughs> laugh. I really laugh throughout this whole thing because I, I just I I kind of still love IRS even to this day. Erwin R. Scheister. Just the name. Okay. So so yeah, but let's talk about this because this was again following up on on Brutus on Brutus Beefcake's promo, which was itself kind of off-putting and weird. And and then we have this promo with Million Dollar Man, who's great, by the way. DiBiase's always fun. He accepts the open challenge, but he then decides to flip a coin to decide whether or not it's going to be DiBiase or Shyster or IRS. Which one is it going to be? Obviously, it's going to be DiBiase. Because that's the bigger name, right? And that's the guy that has history with, you know, with Hogan and with Beefcake and with everybody and Brutus Barber and everybody. So I'm okay with that. Like, I'm okay with him accepting the open challenge. I'm okay with them, like, you know, mouthing off at him and stuff and, and promoing on him. The weird thing is Jimmy Hart, their manager, comes to ringside and is worried that one of them would get hurt in a match against the Barber. Oh, see, the weird to me, the weird thing was like it. They almost could have used again in with theoretically better storytelling and whatnot. Yeah. They could have used it as like a dissension in the ranks, sort of exactly. thing. Exactly. Because oh That's no, I'm not I even talking. Was. Oh no, I wasn't even talking about the Jimmy Hart part. I was talking about the fact when when uh, when DiBiase flips the coin, the coin yeah. and then he doesn't show. He what doesn't it really show it. Landed on. Yeah. He's just like it's me. <laughs> like, it's me. Yeah, I know. No, I, I got that, too. I got that, too. I just thought it was so weird that Jimmy Hart all of a sudden is worried that these guys are going to get hurt in a match against Brutus the Barber Beefcake. I mean, I'm pretty sure that they've probably beaten him in the past. I, I Up until that point, I was actually okay with it, only because I, like, unlike Brutus, where Brutus was just like, I'm back, and I'm challenging anyone back there. At least they were responding to the challenge. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, that was okay. But I just found it, you know, it it, it was just, again, oddly put together. Oddly put together, in my opinion. Um, and, and Jimmy Hart, to be that concerned about them having a match against Bruce the Barber Beefcake, I just, I just found it strange irs is just upset about people cheating on their taxes that's that's it you know dibiase is doing his evil laugh and he's just he's not showing him the real the, the way the coin the way the coin ended up but it i just don't know what to say about it it was just to me it was just puzzling i think that's kind of the word for this one so um Back when I, they, they, again, I've talked about it before. There was a former uh, a wrestling show that I used to do. And I used to do, uh, I used to try to do like clever titles for the episodes. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of the, I loved it because it was like something relating to, you know, what we would discuss in the episode or, you know, something that we, you know, whatever. But I had people who said, you know, it's fine. But unless I look at the description, I don't really know what you're talking about. Yeah. So, I said, okay, that makes a little sense. I've I've had that happen to me too. <laughs> but if I were if we were still doing that, I feel like this one would be called like 
puzzling wrestling or you know like something like something we would yeah. we would we would work that in because you know unmotivated monday night raw or something you know jumbled monday night raw like somehow we would we would figure out a way to sort of incorporate that because that's just what this feels like i would just call it steak tartare is raw <laughs> okay and then you want to talk about uh, we don't have to talk about the 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 narcissist and intro because we already talked about that and that whole lousiness but I, I want to talk, I want to mention a little bit about the, again, weirdly placed segment video package featuring, apparently he's, he's the tight end for the Minnesota Vikings at the time, Steve Jordan, and the perfect passer, Mr. Perfect, Kurt Hennig. What was this? Well, you see. He he's he's so perfect that he's able to not only throw the football but quickly run down the field and perfectly catch the perfectly spiraled throw of the football that he himself just threw. I really thought I was watching like a really bad home video training, like, like, you know, like, like a home video meant to teach kids how to catch a football. Like, that's what I felt like I was watching here. It was. It, and he's he's so perfect, really one might say. So, so perfect. perfect. One Obviously might perfect. That he's clearly making the man from the NFL the National Football League feel inferior to him as he should because he that should. man is not perfect. Not perfect. No. Like Mr. Perfect is. is it's right in the name. It's right in his name. It doesn't wow. make for Mr. Mr. Perfect, perfect. As, a, as a baby face. <laughs> wow, Mr. Perfect. That was a perfect throw. I couldn't believe you caught that ball. It doesn't make per but it doesn't make sense for Mr. Perfect as a babyface. No. And then Lex Luger faces a guy named Jason Knight and he completely clotheslines him and then, you know, and then just power slams him and then pins him with his pinky in the end. I I'm not gonna lie. I'm not i I'm not like super big on on Lex Luger. I'm bigger on Bobby Heenan's promo of, of Lex Luger <laughs> during that that segment in during the Rumble because oh my that gosh was I could watch the greatest that thing once a day every day for life. the rest of my life the greatest thing I've ever heard in my life. But um, please, please, cameraman, can we just have one more second, one more, one more look at his legs, please? I like the. I'm so tough. I'm so strong. Whatever. I'm gonna pin him with my pinky. That arrogance. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> you know. That's that's just me though. Promotional consideration paid for by the following. 
fight of the Bulldog. And the firepower Sergeant Slaughter. WWF figures each sold separately, dig it? So this episode was a five. Uh, I'd give it probably a four. Maybe a 4.5. Maybe a 4.5, to be honest. If not for the Andre the Giant tribute. Yeah. Andre tribute was good. Owen Hart match was good. Yeah. Doink match was, again, wasn't bad. You know, not bad. As that as that movie taught me the phrase, not bad. Um, but other than that, I mean, it still had Rob Bartlett, so that's an automatic two. Like it's every show theoretically starts out at a ten, right? Like it automatically it starts out at a ten. I guess. Like the moment the sh- like before the show starts, you think you you should think to yourself any show that you're watching, not just wrestling, but any show that you're watching, you should automatically think to yourself, this is going to be the greatest. Right. It's like when you it's like when you take I your very driving rarely test. do that, but it's like when you take very your driving rarely. test, you start out automatically at 100 and then they take points away from you from like, you know what I mean? So every show starts I'm out only 100 a because you haven't met me yet, sir. <laughs> right. Because everybody starts out. at It's like it's like your grades in school too. everybody starts out at 100 and then you decide everything. Well, and, you know, obviously you decide everything there, but they yeah. decide everything on that. So the fact that Rob Bartlett's on the show automatically brings each one of them down to at minimum an eight. He's a he's a two point loss. <laughs> two point handicap. Right. <laughs> so oh, no show, no dear. episode of Monday Night Raw until at least I believe I said it was April can ever be a 10. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I have to say I agree. <laughs> well, however, um, I believe now, um, as Vince McMahon told us in this, uh, there is no episode yes. of Monday Night Raw next week because of the dog show. Um, the dog show. I love the way he put that, too. He's just like, oh, dude, because of always, the dog show. They've always hated the Westminster dog show. Like they're <laughs> always ever. I mean, clearly ever since literally the beginning, they've always been preempted because of the dog show. And they don't ever because of the really dog give it show. Um. But because of that, we have a little something special up our sleeve. I don't know if we necessarily want to say what it is, but we have a little something special. I don't think we want to reveal it yet. Let's let's keep everyone in suspense as to what we uh, what we will because there will be an episode next week. We kind of we discussed it. What did we want to do? Did we want? Obviously, we don't want to take a week off. You don't ever want to do that. But did you know what did we want to do? But I think we uh, unless it's for the dog show. (laughs) But I think we came up with a, a pretty a pretty good idea for uh what we're gonna what we're gonna cover next week what we're gonna reflect and analyze next week um hmm hmm intriguing <laughs> I, I gotta say personally i don't have anything else really to say about this episode me That's neither weird. honestly <laughs> just just it was weird it was weird it was weird again they packed a lot of stuff in it and i get why because they figured after the, after last week they're gonna have a lot of eyes so let's get you know a lot out there which easily could be the return you know why we had the return of of brutus the barber beefcake on here because well let's let's give them their money's worth and t- i can't even say it with a straight face give them their <laughs> money's worth and send brutus out there <laughs> send out the beefcake <laughs> but uh but yeah um so that being said 
Um, until if you if if I don't have anything and you don't have anything, and obviously we don't, nope, we're not going to give away what we're uh, what we're talking about next week. Yeah. Um, as we said at the beginning, and we kind of talked about throughout the show, we both represent two uh two behemoths in the world of of podcasting. So, with regards to your side of things, the Renegade Pop Culture side, where can they find both you and all things Renegade Pop Culture all around the internet? Well, you can find me on Twitter at Neoplasmic24. Um, just go ahead and, you know, I don't know. I haven't really been using it lately. So go ahead and add me if you wish. If you don't wish, that's fine too. Um, you can also find my myself and my cohorts at Renegade Pop Culture at Ren Pop Culture on Twitter. That's Ren, not Stimpy. And uh, also on Facebook at that same name. And... Um, you can also find me on on um my my best friends uh live streams on Twitch on Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday. Um, it's under some bish named Red. That is S O M E B I S H N A M E D R E D, and uh, we will we just stream and chat and play video games and make really corny jokes and it's it's fun. Um. And of course, uh, you can find everything on renegadepopculture.com, um, where you can find all of our podcasts, you can find all of our articles, basically whatever you want from us, it's gonna be there. So thank you guys so much for uh for for checking us out and for listening. Definitely gotta go and show some love to the renegade pop culture folks. Um they are doing a fantastic job with all of the things that they do. Um, we all, you know, as as I believe the catch, I'm going to try to get it right this time. Need an escape? So do we. Did I get it right? You got it. Yes. You I always it. want to say need a break, but it's an escape. So it's I totally, I'm, I'm trying, I'm trying to, I'm trying to make sure that I get it right. But uh, they cover, <laughs> of course, a lot of obviously pop culture. It's right in the name, so you want to go uh, check them out. Um, they cover a lot of current. It is in the stuff. name. We put it there. We put it there on purpose. <laughs> they tend to cover a lot of current stuff. However, if you're into some nostalgia, such as this show or other things uh, that are fun to rewatch and and all of that, you could check out some of the stuff from Clock Shelves Entertainment. That's what I represent over here. And um, that is things such as um, Lost with Friends, which was a podcast I did with friends of mine from literally all over the world, where we watched and discussed uh, Lost, our favorite TV series, episode by episode. Um, we do MCU and Me, where it's myself and once again, friends from all over the galaxy, as I say, um, bringing you uh, the different pockets of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Uh, we have Buffyverse and Converse, which features uh, my co-host here pretty regularly, where it's people from all walks of life and various stages of fandom, from fans for years to brand new viewers of the show, watching uh, Buffy the Vampire Slayer over 25 years later. And I do a show uh, called Paul and All as well. That's not necessarily so much on the nostalgia, but that's just me uh, having general conversations with all of those folks that I have on the other shows talking about anything and everything, their lives, their likes, their dislikes, uh, even, you know, some some vacations that they've taken and all things in between. So you could check out all of those and more 
Um, that's at Clock Shelves on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. That's C-L-O-C-K-S-H-E-L-V-E-S. Um, of course, we uh, also have this episode and all the other stuff from Clock Shelves Entertainment up uh, early and uninterrupted over on Content Club. That's patreon.com slash clock shelves. Once again, that's C-L-O-C-K-S-H-E-L-V-E-S. Um, and that is, I'm not going to say it this time because he messed me up when I said it the last time. Uh, it is your hub. Go sub. Throw some dough <laughs> if you choose to do so. And I'm not going to leave a pause there for you to say anything else and try to trip me up. However, that is where you can uh, find all stuff regarding me and the various uh, podcast things that I do. So we are excited. So, to- so what you did there was you gave me a snub. Ah, I like it. I like it. Um so uh yes until next week where we have a little something special up our sleeves um i don't know do we we don't have a way to end this right we just kind of say thanks and bye just say thanks and goodbye all right he's he's (laughs) neoplasmic i am paul this has been raw reflecting and analyzing wrestling and we will talk to you folks next time take care take it easy